Hey everybody, I'm Vicky. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we are telling on ourselves. Welcome, welcome. Another exciting episode. Yes, this episode is all about being judgmental or something of that nature. So so I'm sure you're all wondering what we're thirsting about. First, we're going to talk about First Thought Wrong, and that is virtual learning and all the fun bells and whistles that we have going on and all the superstar parenting that I have. You know, I've got skills parenting, let me tell you. Um, this week... So I've been really holding off on worrying about what's going to happen because I had a feeling, originally they said we're going to go 50-50, they're going to have A days and B days and one week the kids will go to school and the next week the other kids will go to school, blah, blah, blah. I, I decided I'm not going to worry about it because I'm pretty certain because down there in Florida and California and Texas, there's a whole bunch of crazy COVID stuff happening. But um, I'm pretty—I was pretty sure that that was going to change, and it was going to be all virtual learning. Um, so both kids are in high school this year, and I, of course, you know Maya knows her stuff, and she's very self-sufficient and. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me until the night before that, oh my gosh, Paxson's never even opened his iPad. Is any of his stuff on his iPad? Does he even have Zoom? What are we going to do? Holy cow. And I read the email and then I read all the instructions and it was a, it was a long, long, long process. It was kind of like starting this podcast, girls. Um, <laughs> it was a lot more than I really, really thought it would be. And I'm so grateful that I thought of it when I thought of it. Because otherwise, Pax, his first day of freshman year of high school would have been a shit show. And thank God we took care of it and he helped and we got him all set up with a little area. And I went to the dollar store and I got him a little calendar and all this fun stuff. And, and, you know, he has his Yoda cup coffee mug that says, may the force be with you where his, all his pencils are in. And he needs lots of pencils because he breaks them. So we have about 50 pencils in the little, all sharpened. We sharpened them together. So, you know, it was, it, it was, it was a very stressful. And I guess my first thought wrong was I was trying to avoid all the drama and stress of, oh, are they going to be in virtual learning? Oh, are they not going to be in virtual learning? Oh, our school is doing this and our school is doing this and they're sitting six feet apart. And if one person in the class gets it, then the whole class is gone for 14 days. I mean, there are so many things that these poor teachers and schools have to do and decide. Uh, I'm really actually very extremely grateful that my kids are staying home and we have the kids separated luckily we're divorced so one kid goes to dad's house during the day the other kid stays here and we switch off every week and that's just how we're doing it because otherwise they would they would it would not be pretty so that's my first thought wrong don't pay attention and i guess this is a theme because i guess i do this a lot <laughs> It's always learning, Vicky. Always learning. ABL. Always but be learning. The only the only bright spot in all of this is that it's it's new for everybody. Nobody knows what to do. There's no right or wrong way. It's just figuring it out as you go. 
And thank God you have a program because parents are freaking out right now. Like yeah. even parents in the program are free. I, I mean, I've heard it at a couple different meetings, moms stressing about this. Um, and then I've heard like not sober people stressing about this and they are way more crazy about it than I think we are. Um, especially on social media and stuff. I've seen a lot of people. Well, like, drama. Anger, well, yeah, fear. And like there's so much spinning. out of their yeah, so much out of their control, and they're freaking out because they can't control anything. And it's like, no, you can't fix, manage, and control this shit. <laughs> well, well I'll tell you what we can fix, manage, and control. We can fix, manage, and control our podcast. Yes. And we have a very, very special podcast episode today. And today we have a friend that we actually met because of COVID. Can you believe it? It is our dear friend, Nancy. Do you want us to say your whole name or just Nancy? Nancy DeLong. And holy cow, we met her because of this crazy Zoom world that we're living in. Actually, we're not supposed to call it Zoom. This online uh, meeting function where we awesome alcoholics have found a way to have meetings even when we were in confinement. Yeah, Love. while everybody else was isolating, we were uh, making more friends. Yeah. Nancy, worldwide. worldwide, literally. So uh, we met Nancy, and I, I'm just going to kind of let Nancy introduce herself. She's a dear friend now. We've known each other since March. I would say the end of March. And uh, and I would love for you to just tell a little bit about yourself and why you're here and 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 your your special little story. My special little story. I love yeah, because it's so little. <laughs> I know. I love you, Big. You're crazy. And I want to thank you, Vicki, Lynn, and Bree for inviting me today to share this podcast. I've listened to their podcasts. And the one thing I can promise you is we have fun. And without fun, it ain't worth doing. All right. So just a little bit. I'm a writer. I probably was holding a pencil before I was holding my bottle. Um, I've been writing all my life. I've been a college professor. I've been a lot of different things, but my beginnings, I grew up in the circus carnival world. And um, the merry-go-round was my babysitter. And I took my first drink after a July 4th event in a little town called Woodville, Ohio, where I had worked in the penalty box, which is the popcorn trailer. And to give you an idea what it's like to work in a popcorn trailer on that 4th of July, we used two tons of sugar to make cotton candy, popcorn, caramel corn, candy apples, caramel apples. And when you spin cotton candy, it burns you. So the only thing showing is like a little bit of your face and your hands and everything else has to be covered. And if it's 100 degrees outside, it's 130 degrees inside the penalty box. So when I got out, I went to the little bar in Woodville and I said, give me a bottle of slow gin. And they didn't ask the fact that I was 14. They just gave me the bottle of slow gin. So that's how I started on my road that led me after quite many years, quite many years to the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous and um, by the grace of the God of my understanding, I've been here for quite a few 24 hours. So please do tell how many, how many of those. 
I celebrated 37 years in May, wow. right, right around the time I met you. It's a miracle. That's amazing. Oh, gosh, yes, it is a miracle. And I got sober on Zoom meetings, on speaker meetings, I mean, speaker meetings. So when Zoom showed up with speakers, it was awesome. And it was just like, wait a minute. Are you, are you the real Star Trek? Like, are you, are, are you another planet? Okay. Landed here. I'm actually in another alternate reality right this minute. Okay, good. It's vibrating at different levels. Yes. Vibrations. Vibrations. He's in the fourth dimension. <laughs> oh, no. Let's go beyond that, darling. Catapulted. Catapulted beyond. <laughs> so I just don't, what is the difference between slow gin and fast gin? <laughs> of course, Brie. <laughs> like that's the okay. only thing that Let's I heard. What slow, gin is. slow gin is this thick pink liquid. That's gin. That's like almost like, it's very sweet. It's like gin and juice. It's like, is it like Pepto-Bismol pink? <laughs> it's yes it is yeah. especially coming out the other way yeah gin and juice is what it's like <laughs> remember i got my the pot what is that song gin and juice laid back with my mind and my money and my money and my mind yes so <laughs> okay yeah, thank sure you. that was a wonderful experience for you nancy that first go round wait to do it again <laughs> i couldn't wait i i crawled back I was staying in the Blue Goose, which was a remodeled school bus with my grandparents. And I was on the top bunk and I got up there and I immediately got back down. And I remember getting outside the bus and I don't think I got back in the bus that night. But I couldn't wait to do it again. The world was spinning round and round, huh? Yes, I didn't have to even be on the merry-go-round. I was going to say, yeah, you didn't even need to Or the tilt-a-whirl. Or the tilt-a-whirl. So we're so glad that you're with us today. We're going to talk about a quote that we've been kind of pondering. Um, we talked about it, I think, a little bit last week. And um, we would love your insights into this quote, um, if one of you guys want to read it. The quote is, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Contempt prior to investigation. Um, that's that's what we're going to really kind of delve into, which basically is meaning, you know, judging, judging a book by its cover and not looking inside. So I've got some definitions. Um, I looked up contempt and the definition that spoke to me was um, the feeling or attitude of regarding someone or something as inferior, base or worthless. That's contempt. And then investigation is a searching inquiry for ascertaining facts, detailed or careful examination. So if you have scorn for examining facts, what's going to happen? You're not going to have any facts and you're going to judge something just by first, either your first impressions or preconceived ideas or, you know, all that stuff that we have already inlaid in our brain about what we think something is. Righto? Righto. Okay, Lynn. So that would be like me saying, 
I can tell that he's judgmental just by looking at him. Yes. Darn it. That's a good one. And that's hilarious. And, and we do that all the time. So yeah. it's particularly in my case, um, when I needed to search for the meaning of my higher power and the God that I understood to help me with the spiritual program, I had to let go of a lot of um, preconceptions that I had about it. Um, Nancy, did you have any issues when you came into the program about um, your higher power or preconceived ideas or did you just jump in and say, tell me what I need to believe and I'm in? Oh, no, I was the, I was the former. <laughs> yes. So my first sponsor was a Scotsman, Leslie John Rafferty. And uh, when I got to the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous, I hadn't had a drink in almost 15 months. And I was start craving nuts because I didn't come to AA. I just tried to self-will my way <laughs> into, into not drinking. And um, <clears throat> I heard one of the first things I heard was a saying, let go and let God. And it sounded to me like they were flapping pancakes. And I wanted no part of it. Until one day my sponsor looked at me and he said, Lassie, if you don't let go, you're going to get dragged. And actually, I ended up writing a book that's called Let Go or, or Be Dragged. And, have, and so, yes, I'm right there with you, Lynn. This was not an easy chore to find a God of my understanding. Which is of kind of why I think that the, the they put this after the spiritual experience appendix in the text big book. And I basically what they say in the spiritual experience in a nutshell is some people have to learn in piecemeal. It takes time to actually understand this. And that what I like about this quote is is the part about everlasting ignorance because I feel that's how I lived for 37 years before I walked into these rooms and probably 38 because the first year I think I had a lot of contempt prior to investigation and that word is so intense contempt I have it reminds me of Dallas I don't know if anybody in Brie will know it well they have a new one but Dallas it's just like what was the girl's name with the dark hair oh she was awesome. Alexis, or does anybody remember that from was Dallas? Dynasty. That was Dynasty. Dynasty. That's the one yes. I'm thinking of. <laughs> Dallas had a lot of contempt too, but Dynasty, Alexis Carrington, right? Yep. Oh, she was amazing. Um, but contempt prior to investigation. So like most of us that come into these rooms, I for sure had it. I think, well, as all good alcoholics, we don't want to be told what to do or what to think or what to be. And here we are coming into these meetings and they're saying, if you want to stay sober, you're going to have to think this it was how I heard it at first, which, of course, is not at all what it was like. But that's what I was hearing is that if you want this to work and if you want to be sober, you're going to have to think this way. And I wasn't getting the part about of your understanding or, you know, let this be what it needs to be for you. I didn't get that at all. It took, it took some pounding in my head. And I just discovered the summer, I'm three years sober this summer, and I just discovered that my higher power up until this summer has been the program. Mm -hmm. 
we're all nodding because, yeah. you know, if you've ever been to a meeting and, and sat at one of these tables, whether you're, you know, one of us or not, we can't decide, but you will see a lot of nodding at these tables. They call it the nod, you know, we'll, and what it is, and, and there's this other thing that the laughter and, and what I've heard in improv, because I used to do improv, was people laugh at what they can relate to. So you'll see us and hear us. And we do this on the podcast almost incessantly. But we laugh at these horrible situations. But it's because we can relate to them because we understand them and we've been there. And I think that the it's just it was cracking me up looking at all four of you and we're all nodding. <laughs> Yeah, total commiseration. <laughs> and Lynn, probably the one that got me the most coming in was when they looked at me and said, you have to surrender to win. I had never used those three words in the same sentence. Yeah. So that just, yeah, there was a great deal of contempt prior to investigation. <laughs> yeah. How did you get through that, Nance? How did, how yeah. did you get through that? Initially, and for probably the first year of my sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous, it was through my sponsor, because he had these little things that he would do, which he'd say things like, I'd tell him what was going on, and he'd say, or what I was going to do, and he'd say, let me see if I understand you, Lassie, and play it back to me. And then there were months, I don't talk about this a lot, but there were actually months that my because I was completely insane having gone all that time without a program and without alcohol. So I, when I got to the doors and I would have to call him at 7 a.m. And then I would meet him at a meeting at noon and then we'd go back to work. I'd meet him for dinner and we'd go to an eight o'clock meeting and I'd drive myself home and get home about 1030. Because you, you know, the meeting after the meeting and um, I'd hang in there for till 11, 1130, and I'd call him, and I'd say, I can't effing do this. I can't do this. And he'd keep me on the phone, and then he'd say, it's, hey, Lassie, you made it through another day. It's 1201, and he'd hang up on me, and he'd, or he'd always say, call me at 7 before he hung up. I don't know how long I did that, and I don't know what he said to me. All I remember is... It's 12.01, you made it through another day, call me at seven, click. That just gave me goosebumps. Wow. Um, do you mind, can I ask, what, you were sober for 14 months, what got you to the doors? Um, I, had, <laughs> I had rented 400,000 square foot of Cobo Hall and thrown a three-day party for Super Bowl weekend in 1982. Uh -huh. And it was a it was a dis financial disaster, and so I ended up leaving Detroit, and I ended up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, at my sister and her husband, and they they told me, you know, you have a home with us as long as you need one, and um, and she was expecting, and on July fifth, her child was stillborn, uh -huh. and. I was in so much, I was trying to be strong for them and I wanted to kill myself. And it seemed like it was inappropriate in the midst of what was going on. And so I made the dreaded call to Alcoholics Anonymous 
in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> and my first meeting was at a place called the River Road Club on the Warrior River. And it was a building that had these red blinking A's. It looked like something out of Scarlet Letter, right? And I Not got- very anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not inconspicuous at all. <laughs> I would have contempt about that. <laughs> and, and I got there, and the topic was gratitude. And I am looking at these people, thinking they're lucky they, they're here. I don't think I belong here. And they were saying stupid things like, oh, I'm grateful there were green lights on the way to the meeting, or I'm grateful I didn't throw up when I brushed my teeth this morning. And oh, I can remember feeling like, so I was in so much pain. And someone looked at me and said, ah, I remember my first AA meeting. I was in pain so raw, I felt like I had no skin on my bones. And that's how I felt. Yeah, one raw nerve all the way through. Yeah, open wound, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, I've yet in all the years, I can promise you, I've never met someone that bounced into an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting for the first time and said, you know, my social calendar was a little light, so I just thought I'd run in and join AA. I have Heck never it out. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> Sounds like fun. I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, and and this this saying, contempt prior to investigation, right? I think that kept me out of the rooms for a real long time because my dad was sober years and years before, well, well, 30 years before I got into the rooms and I thought it was a certain way. I thought it was this only really, really badly damaged people came into this program and I did not think I was as damaged because I had a house and I had, well, so did my dad. So my thinking was so twisted, but it was everlasting ignorance. Yeah. 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 You know what they say? It's um, our best thinking is always going to be our downfall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, 37 years. I mean, sure, it all hasn't been uh, rainbows and roses. No, but um, everything, the thing, the gift about this program is that you can walk through anything with the first word of the first step. If, if people don't get the first word of the first step, they will die of this fucking disease. It's that simple. And there's still a very small percentage of us that die clean and sober. We have the highest death rate of any other illness because it includes heart attacks and diabetes and, you know, cancers and suicides. Yeah. Liver disease, depression. It's, it's, it's rough. I mean, and, and, it's, uh, I had a friend tell me one time in the program, it's the only disease that wants to outright kill you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's serious business. But, you know, the beauty I think that we have found, at least for me, has been my saving grace. It's such serious business, but we, we face it with joy and love and laughter. 
You said it right there. We face it with joy and love and laughter. Because when I'm doing it alone, there is not a lot of joy and love and laughter. Because contempt prior to, for me, I keep going back to this, contempt prior to investigation. Because even though I'm still seeking and even though I'm not totally against uh, higher power helping me with my life, when I'm alone and I don't have you, God, and the program and service, I'm in trouble because I'm alone. And when I am alone, I can make stuff up in my head that is so icky. Yeah. That doesn't go away. I would like to tell you. you Thanks for your hope. (laughs) You're being the voice from our future. Please tell us, Sensei. Be our voice from the future. Here's here's the good news. (laughs) It doesn't go away. But the longer you're here, the more you need the program and need to be a part and need to be in the middle and need to need to be of service. You know, Polly P, the whole world knows Polly P. In fact, I spoke and she came to one of my talks and and everybody said, oh, you did a nice job, Nancy. Polly's here. <laughs> you and I were cracking up afterwards. Right. And and she, and she and I talk about this a lot because we need the program more today than we did you know, 15 years ago. I mean, I needed it then, but now I really need it. I need to be active and involved. And that's your secret to sustainability? Yes, yes. And it's my secret to staying out of contempt prior to investigation. Mm -hmm. Because I'm always hearing little nuggets of things that are that are eye-opening for me. I was just talking to one of my... um, a girlfriend's in California and, and she and I are going to do some work on a, on some amends that I need to make. Isn't that crazy? I love it. Yeah. I love it. I get to still grow. Well, I want to read uh, what's right before the, the, the quote. Okay. And it talks about, I'm going to read two paragraphs. So they're small paragraphs, but it says most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. And for me, that open-mindedness, that honesty, and that willingness were still to this day are what the only thing that keep me here. Those three things are the only things that keep me truly, genuinely wanting to work the program. Or able to work the program, I guess. Because it would be better because I don't always want to. No. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that kind of got me too, it's at the um, with the bottom of the first page of spiritual experience to the second page. And it says there's a profound alteration in his reaction to life. That was a big selling point to me is that you're going to teach me how to react differently to life so that I'm not always either anxious, angry, resentful, sad, mad, hurt, being the victim, because that was my life up until then. And, it, and 
to to know that there is a possibility that I might learn how to face life on life's terms without taking it personally. I was like, I'm in. Let, show me how. And well, I didn't I believe you when you told me that. I did not believe you that that was real. I was like, yeah, yeah right. Oh, you guys are so full of it. I was just having, I mean, I didn't find that out that the program was going to give me more than just to help me stop drinking for a while. Like that was news to me. I would just thought it was like a not drinking club. <laughs> I, I didn't know for a while that, oh, there's, there's more to this. Oh, there's promises. I remember when it finally clicked to me reading how it works and then having someone else read promises. I think it was like our Sunday morning meeting. You know, when you start to learn more and you come around and you kind of start connecting more dots. Oh, and people start saying, oh, it's, you know, my drinking is a thinking disease. And you, you start thinking, oh, so more is going to change than just my not drinking. Oh, this is, and then like you said, Lynn, that was a huge selling point because I honestly kind of hated myself and my personality, like to a certain extent, um, before coming into the program, because it's kind of like, I kept doing stupid things over and over again. And I didn't know how to stop doing them. I kept having the same relationships just with different people, you know, the same cycle of toxic relationships over and over again and wondering like what was wrong with me, you know? Um, so not only did the program give me an answer, um, it gave me a solution to, you know, an answer to what was wrong with me and then a solution on how to fix it. Um, Vicki, I just love that you are so willing. You are probably one of the most willing people I know um, you are something to aspire to with that, not to just to kind of, sorry, just, I don't know. No, I mean, thank you. I don't know why. I mean, that's where higher power comes in because right. I need to be that way, I think. I don't know. I, I, well, and I just bought it. I just drank the Kool-Aid too. You know, once, once I sure. saw the actual changes, I drank the Kool-Aid and it was way better than the Captain and Coke. Let me tell you. Right. I mean, there's a, a, a new uh, allure to being peaceful and having serenity that almost feels just as good as when we were drinking. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing to have as peace of mind. And I know when I don't have it, it's painful, you know, and eventually you'll go, Oh, I'll do whatever it takes to get back to that. Tell me what I have to do. And then you're kind of like, what do I got to do? But, you know, hopefully you don't have to get to that spot. You know, the whole point is you try to do these things consistently so that you don't, you don't have to go there all the time. You don't have to be in pain. Which Absolutely. is so interesting, Nancy, Nancy. When you have. <laughs> okay. Um, I was going to say, in all the years that you, you know, the few years, the few 24 hours you put together and you see newcomers or you see somebody that's been in the program for 10 or 15 years struggling, is your selling point for them the promises? Is that is that kind of how you throw out the, the line and pull them in? You know, it's, that's an interesting thing. Um, on this uh, Zoom speaker meeting, we get a lot of newcomers. And one of the things that I do, in fact, this past week, I had quite a few speakers. So um, I was on there a lot. And um, to two of the people, I made sure I got their number. And then the speaker and I called them after the meeting and, and talked through some of this stuff that was going on with them. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't try and sell them on anything. I just, it was, you know, it's that, 
um, attraction rather than promotion thing. Um, I don't think I have, well, I come back to my first sponsor. I mean, he'd drag me on 12 step calls. And the thing was, we just told our story. We didn't, we didn't try and promise him anything. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't know if you're an alky or not. You got to decide that, but here's my story. Right. Some of those things never change. And, and when Bree was asking me that question, um, I was, I've lived in a lot of different parts of the country in my sobriety. And I was coming up on my ninth birthday, I think. And I had asked a gentleman with 53 years of sobriety to give me my medallion at the Friday night meeting. And so I called him and I said, you know, I'm so squirrely, you know, it's my, my, my birthday week is, is, you know, I'm in my birthday week and I'm so squirrely. And I, you know, I, I, I had a drunk dream and, and, and I I was just blah, 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 blah. And I said, "Um, have you ever felt that way? And he said, yep. And I said, well, when did it end? And he said, after 50. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's been those little gems, you know, that it, it's why we stay and why we come back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's still one day at a time. It's still one day at a time. I don't want that to ever change. Right. And it keeps us honest, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And and when I see people that have double digits going out, they 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 stop doing the things that we're here to do. Right. You know, if they make it back, they'll tell you that. I've watched a lot of them die. So it's still a you know life and death deal. One day at a time, kids. Yeah. That well, and we can't, me. we keep talking over each other, Lynn. It's your know, turn. Sorry. No, you go. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say, so go, please. <laughs> well, I was going to ask Nancy if she could um, give us a kind of a little brief uh, overview of some of the things that your project's writing and things like that, because I'm so intrigued by your career. You've just done some of the coolest stuff. Well, um, <clears throat> I have been a college professor for the last 18 years teaching a real stretch, writing. (laughs) And um, I have 10 or 11 published books in different genres because I get bored really easily. And one of the books is called uh, Ride the Wind, which is actually my first six years of sobriety. It's my story with Les and I dedicated it to him. Um, But I've I've written some cookbooks. Um, You may like the titles. Tell us. Put your biscuits in the oven and your buns in the bed is the first one. A salmon in the dishwasher is the second. And my third cookbook and my favorite is always wash your nuts. And and soak them too. Well, if you soak them, honey, then you got limp nuts and nobody wants to eat a limp nut. Soggy nuts. Nobody likes some soggy nuts. You got to firm them up before you eat them. I don't know why I thought you'd soak nuts. Do you do that with hazelnuts ever for like certain cookies? Or do you soak hazelnuts ever? Is that a, no? Only well, if you want to make like hazelnut uh, cheese or butter. Okay. Then it's sprouts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Don't soak your nuts. That's, that's bad information on my part. 
I don't cook. Don't soak your nuts. <laughs> you might want to watch. You might want to watch my YouTube video. NancyDelong.com is my website, and if you go there and click, you can see my video, and it will tell you everything you ever needed to know about washing your nuts. And you, know, you know what I'm doing as soon as this is over. Watching the YouTube video or washing your nuts? <laughs> watching 101. What? <laughs> watching nuts 101. And um, so <clears throat> I also uh, have written some de- some devotionals. Uh, ap- one, is, one is called Bouquets from God. One is called um, I'm Just Saying. And my favorite is let go or be dragged and let go or be dragged is affirmations for living in harmony. And I did it from the, um, from the Mayan calendar rather than the Gregorian. And so the year starts on July 25th and Vicki, you'll have that copy on Monday. Well, this is a really kind of cool story guys. So I was struggling with something and I was talking to Nancy and it was on July 24th, correct? Fifth. It was on the 25th. Well, it was on the day of no days. So it was the 25th. Okay. So she was telling me all about this thing because I, I, I was saying, I need to get through this or, you know, just I'm so tired of having all these fucking feelings and, and, and just like, just not being able to really truly 100% surrender. And she said, well, this is the best day for you to do that. And well, tell us, tell us the actual story of it. Well, I don't have the book in front of me, so I can't exactly tell you. Um, Well, but what the day of no days is explain that. Okay. So here's the deal. The Mayan calendar is based on the moon cycle. And my heritage is Native American, so it's something that I was familiar with growing up. <clears throat> and so at the end of the cycle, there's an extra day, and it became the day out of time is what they called it. And it's a day that you use to reflect on your year, to actually re-energize, and to be grateful for those things and that you appreciate in your life and to um, go through whatever forgiveness. It's the perfect day to set your year. And so all of that crap, if you remember, I think it was in, in 2000 and something. The year they said the world's going to end and everybody was whatever. It was the Mayan calendar had completed its full cycle. And all that means is now start again. Start again. Now start again. Kind of like this whole program. We just have to start again. Every day. Again and again. (laughs) Over and over. (laughs) And that's the gift. And that's why Nancy to this day is still making amends. Doing nine steps. Doesn't matter how much time you have. Gotta clear that wreckage, baby. (laughs) I'm telling you. I, I gave a talk and, uh, I mentioned something and I said, oh, crap, my sponsor's on here. I'm going to have to find out how to make an amend for that. <laughs> something I didn't for. Uh, but you know what? It's just such a pleasure to be on this with, with three ladies of like mind sharing our experience, strength, and hope. That's what this program's all about. Mm-hmm. 
Well, thank you for all you've done. For, well, thank you, first of all, for being here. But thank you for all you've done for me personally. And I've shared a lot of it with these girls on many, many of conversations. And, um, you know, it's amazing when you when you are in this program, all the stuff that you get from people, how much you share with other people, and you don't realize the ripple effect that it has in so many people's lives. If something impacts you and you share it at a meeting and it impacts everybody else. And I'm just, I'm just extremely grateful for all three of you. I mean, and just the genuine nature of a real friendship but it's almost this camaraderie that we have going. We can get through this together. And, and that's that's what I'm grateful for. And I'm grateful to know that someone with 37 years who tells the truth, <laughs> because I wouldn't I wouldn't buy it if you didn't tell the truth. I would have contempt <laughs> prior to investigation. But I could tell that you mean it. And it's like... I hope that I can continue to, to, to be that way on my journey and, and, and keep growing and keep learning. Here, here. And I, I tell you, Nancy, what you, when you said that giving amends is another opportunity for growth. And for me, I think that's been one of the most surprising and one of the most magical and powerful things for me is that I keep finding room to grow and, and to hear your words it just inspires me that much more. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you, thank you Nancy. Yes. Oh, greedy little doll baby. You're <laughs> such a cutie head. Isn't she? <laughs> Our sweet Brie. Sweet, sweet Brie. And, and still learning Brie. Sweet and silly. Like I am always learning too. I'm grateful for you women who are doing it with me, have gone ahead of me are still next to me though. And it's funny how you can do that, right? Like it's like people in the program you look up to, you admire them, but they're still right beside you. Right. You know, they're no one. Definitely. So many golden nuggets in this one. So many. Ooh, we got to tell Nancy what a golden nugget is. Or maybe she already knows. She said she's listened to our podcast. A golden nugget is just like our juicy takeaway. Oh, okay. Yeah. like, yeah, our one treasure. We take yeah. treasure with us every time we leave. <laughs> our precious. My precious was definitely that there's always room to grow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mine is. <laughs> you go, girl. Um, I, uh, mine was just the emphasis on the we today. Uh, oh, I stole Vicky's. I, she's nodding. She's doing the whole, you stole, but, um, that was my nugget just to always be reminded that we don't have to do this alone. If we don't want to, if we're honest and open and willing to do things another way. Um, and that's kind of cool. And especially just, it's just a big reminder since we're talking to you and you're in Florida and you're a COVID gal or COVID buddy. Yes. Oh, that just reminds me one last thing before Vicky says hers. I, I, one of the first sponsors I ever had used to tell me that she felt like being in this program was being in a pirate's club because she'd go places and randomly see people that she knew from program. And so in her work life, there was one time she was walking down a hallway at her job and one of the electricians who's like in the building just doing his electrical work is somebody she'd seen in program. And she was newly sober at this time. So she was like, oh my gosh, is this person going to say something to me? Is he going to out me? in my anonymity and the guy just goes 
and winks at her. And, you know, she's like, okay, you know, trying to keep her head down. But she said from that moment on, that was her little God wink um, to know, you know, that she was in the right place and that she was doing the right thing. And that she goes, you know, it's like a pirate's club. Whenever you go somewhere, you could go all over the world. You might find someone else that's in the program and feel like you're in special connection. Yes. Yes. I, I want to, if I have time, I want to tell you one little thing that, that I came at, after, you know, you go out to eat after you're sober and the guy comes over, the waitress comes over and they say, would you like a cocktail? And in the beginning, you're not sure what to say. Well, here's what I say. Yes, I'd love one, but I have to go to work next month. <laughs> and what happens is sometimes they get it right away. And sometimes they walk away and then go, oh, <laughs> I love it. Well, that's a good, that's a good nugget for anybody new. I love that. Stealing that. That is, that. that's my new nugget. <laughs> new nug, new nug, new nug. <laughs> well, so go to nancydelong.com. She's a outstanding stand-up circus carny freak that we love so very much and a, and a fabulous writer. <laughs> And we are so grateful that you are here and really and truly you are an inspiration and you do so much for this program and, um, and me personally and all, all of us. I am just delighted. I love you girls. Love you big. Love you, love you big. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody. Please subscribe, rate, review all the good things. Find us at telling and ourselves on all the social media and uh, we are tribing out. Drive out. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves.